As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling? Shout him. It's Dana and Jay. Today's live room episode of Hear That Podcast Ground is presented by Visa Network, working for everyone. We're here for playoff week. Paul Junior Jr., Jay Morrison. You know you're on the athletic because you're on the app now. You're in the live room. We really shouldn't have to go over this, right, Jay? No, we shouldn't. This is this is common oh, stuff. And I'd just like to say happy 40th anniversary of the Freezer Bowl to everybody. Yeah, wow, yeah. Maybe some people here were at the Freezer Bowl, like the two million that claimed to have been in attendance <laughs> that day. Uh, it's always great highlights. I, the one thing I would always love to know about the Freezer Bowl is – what exactly did it feel like to get tackled on that turf? Were you just totally Ooh. numb? Was the turf a set? It was already basically concrete or Riverfront Stadium. But that particular day had to have been unbelievable. Um, all right. We've got a lot of questions just to set it up real quick. Uh, everybody probably knows the basics at this point, but we'll just do a recap because it's easier. Uh, Bengals host the Raiders. At 4:30 on Saturday at Paul Brown Stadium, and uh, it has been 31 years <laughs> since <laughs> the Raiders beat the Bengals, uh, and Bo Jackson's football career ended. Uh, and now it comes full circle. The the Bengals will try to break the longest streak without advancing in the playoffs of any professional team in North American sports. Again. And, one more uh, time. One more. Once once more onto the breach we go as we see if the Bengals can do it. But this one, undeniably, all year long, those of you that have listened to the podcast, come into the live rooms, you know, it's, this one it, it does feel different. This team has done nothing but check off boxes, all year long that people held in front of them, historical boxes, franchise crosses, 
And so why would anybody be surprised that they would be able to cross up this one? I don't think anybody should be surprised that they would be able to, to cross off this one. But there's a lot to get to with the matchup, with where the team is at, what everything's going to look like this week. So we're here, and we're going to try to answer your questions. If you've got them, just do a request uh, to speak over to the stage, and we will try to call you up. And, again, we'll get to as many of these as we can. We've been going about 40 minutes. There's always just so many questions, and I talk too much. And so it ends up being hard to get to all of it, but we're going to do our best. So let's just uh, jump right in here, and uh, I'm going to just start at the top and invite uh, Kevin H. up onto the stage. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, thanks for doing these. These are awesome. Um, my question is a two-parter, and it kind of goes back to it kind of goes back to a couple of weeks ago. Um, Burrow's taken obviously a ton of sacks this year. What percentage of the sacks do you think are or can be attributed to him trying to extend plays and not wanting to let one go or, or just kind of go to the ground? And second part is what's the best way to uh, to block Max Crosby this week. I know he leads the league in total pressures after last night, and uh, I think the Bengals O-line is going to have their hands full this Sunday. Well, it's an interesting question because I actually built a spreadsheet with every single sack this year, and I will have a story later this week uh, about the number of sacks they took and, and looking at how many of them were killers and how many of them they were able to overcome and how many were – Joe scrambling and getting tackled for a zero yard gain or the naked boots. I'm going to break them all down. So look for that later in the week. Um, as for blocking Max Crosby, I, you know, the Bengals go empty so much. I, I don't know. We, we kind of saw the, the chargers adjust last night and start putting the tight end over there and trying to do anything they could to slow him down. I, I don't know how much of that we're going to see. It, it might be dictated on the success he has early in the game getting to Burrow, and it might be starting the game with a lot of quick outs, a lot of screens, maybe a draw here or there, just trying to do anything they can to slow down that pass rush overall without trying to put two guys on Max Crosby. They are in a division where you're talking about, okay, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. I think you'll see a lot of those same plans will be reeled out. They've learned through that what has and hasn't worked. You know, it's it's just a matter of at some point, you know, you're going to have to hold up. That's why, you know, you felt for Storm Norman last night because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to throw it 15 times or whatever that wet 83-yard drive ended up being uh, to, to try to win it. And, you, you know, you do that by keeping yourself out of bad situations. But, you know, Burrow's mobility and the way it has – taken the next step in the last really month uh i think is the is really the big x factor in offsetting that a little bit it's like no it's not like we haven't seen him under pressure from guys every week anyway he's just kind of found this magical way to work around it but yeah at some point you you can't just have one guy getting back there all day but i they've sort of found ways to work around that a bunch as well and shout out kevin for grinding through that question uh with kids running in i thought i heard like a bathroom door shut if somebody who has both his <laughs> kids here right now i can test that hiding in like another room never works it's like the worst it, it that door will get blown up it will only make it worse they will find you they will always 
find you. Keep that in mind. So I, I'm just saying that as a precursor to the fact that probably at like the 20 minute mark here today, like I'm going to be fighting the same problem and you're just going to hear me go to music. <laughs> so just keep that, just keep that in mind. Let's go on to the next question. Uh, and let's go to uh, Jerry P. Jerry, what's going on? Yeah. Who day guys? What's going on? Hey, Jerry. What's going on? Hey, Hey, 31 years ago, I was 15 years old. I was at Riverfront Stadium to see the Bengals crush Cody Carlson in the Oilers. Last playoff victory. I'm taking my son to the playoff game on Saturday. So we're we're going to do our part to break the curse and to make sure that Jungle was shaken and bring home a playoff win. So uh, any way we can bring back that creepy white van in the back of the end zone for good <laughs> luck. <laughs> but uh, that is, hey, that is a two, good question. two questions guys hey how do the Bengals um offense attack the raiders earlier this year mixon had 123 yards on 30 carries two touchdowns uh do they unleash burrow's superpowers early this game spread them out so that's my first question second question is do you have a defensive player that will be an x-factor in the game on Saturday, who, who's your X factor from a defensive perspective for the Bengals? All right. Thanks, Jay. First of all, we, I, I, I have to say, I mean, if that white van is still in existence, we need to ask Seg. We found, we did find out that it was Seg 700, Seg Davison's 700 WLW van. He was in the van. Maybe Seg knows what happened to the creepy white van, but you're right. If there was ever anything to, to bring back it has to be the van that boomer nearly like wiped out into and almost didn't play the next week uh that said i you know i think the game plan is again an interesting one but you know i i really think they have turned it over to burrow much more in recent weeks and and they've kind of realized that's kind of who they need to be and you you've got to be able to just say if, if we're going down it's going to be going down with this guy because he's just playing amazing football and and you do it that way and you uh, approach it the way you know the Chiefs would approach the Raiders you think the Chiefs would would hold back I don't you know I don't think so now granted their line's better but uh, I, it's probably a mix you're you're still going to reflect on the fact that you had success that way but I do think they're different I do I do think their offense has evolved over the last couple of months and is much more Burrow-centric because of what I talked about, because of that mobility, because of the pocket presence. I'm done with I think they lean into that a little bit more. Yeah, I and mean, we've talked and written about the the conservative play call in overtime against the 49ers. That really is the only data point in Zach's career where he got conservative. He's been aggressive since he got here, and I don't see them shrinking – under the the glare of the playoffs and and saying let's just let's just run Joe Mixon and and play it safe and and kind of do what we did in that first game I, I think we are going to see them open it up and, and really try to attack the the Raiders with the pass game and putting the ball in your best player's hand and just let Joe go um, as for a a wild card on defense I, I think it could be Von Bell and. It, I, uh, just stopping Darren Waller. He's the one guy that kind of scares you. You look at the history this team has had with tight ends. Um, I You don't know how healthy Logan Wilson is, but I, I think Von Bell has improved in coverage this year, and he's had some good games in coverage. And I just I think he's the guy that is going to draw a lot of the assignment on Waller, and he could be the difference maker. 
I, I will kind of cheat on this and uh, have two. Uh, I, I'll say, you know, Larry Ogunjobi mm-hmm. and BJ Hill. I think I think the interior of the Raiders is vulnerable and it has been all year. And, you know, you talk to people in Vegas. I mean, they've been complaining about Alex Leatherwood and the cycle of people they, they've kind of had in the interior. You know, I think that's where you can take advantage. I think it's well, that rotation is one of the strong points of this team. And it, you get in there and you, you hit Derek Carr. You, you, you affect Derek Carr early in this game. He will you'll you'll see him play differently. You'll you'll change the dynamic of the entire Raiders offense when you can do that to him. That's I think that's been proven and I think that's gonna be a big part of their strategy. I uh, I think it's it, and that may be that may mean bringing extra blitzes early in the game. But I think really the way you can most affect him is early in the game, those guys up the middle making Derek Carr uncomfortable to step up. And so to me, I think there can be a real tone set by a couple of guys who've done a great job setting the tone all year. So I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with those two. Uh, let's go randomly down the list here, and I will drop in Wedge G. Wedge, what's going on? How's it going, guys? I appreciate the opportunity here. Um, my question's around Chris Evans. Um, he obviously had a planet of separation on that flat route. Love to see him score. And uh, in the past few weeks, we've seen Samaje get nine yards when it's third and ten on the Texas routes. Are we going to start using him over the middle of the field more? Or what do you expect to see him to kind of kind of counter uh, Crosby and in his uh, insane four, four-man pass rush? Yeah, I mean, I think you could see Joe Mixon be as much of that passing game as, as Samaje or Chris Evans. They, you, You're going to have mixing in there a whole lot and whether you're running him a lot or using him in the past game i i think if we see samaje it might be more on on third downs and if, if they're not in empty him back there as a as a safety valve picking up the an edge rusher here or there or a free runner if there's a blitz i don't it was telling that that we didn't see a whole lot of Samaje. I mean, that's how much they value him. So he's gonna have a role, but but I I, I think this is still a mix in game. I don't think it's gonna be a thirty carry kind of mix in game, but I do think they're gonna get him involved heavily in, in, in as a receiver coming out of the backfield or even lining up in the slot, which we've seen him do a few times when they go empty. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to see some drastic change in, in what they were doing if you look at the Chiefs game. I mean, that's who they are. You're exactly, Jay's exactly right. I mean, you would not have seen Chris Evans playing all those snaps, Samaj P. Ryan not playing all those snaps against Cleveland if that, the plan in their head had changed. And, and I think that Chris Evans still makes rookie mistakes when he's out there. And, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't like guys that make mistakes like that. And, um, and, and he'll let people know. And so I, I think there's still some development and, and maturity that you need to see. And there's a lot of stuff. It's fun to watch, you know, what, what Joe has always said when he's talked about using the running backs out of the backfield. And when you, you go back into his LSU days, what he loved about Clyde Edwards Hilaire was always knew exactly where he was going to be. And I think that's the thing about Samaje that there's a, there's a trust and it feels like he always knows exactly where Samaje is going to be. And when he's in there for Joe and obviously the one for Mixon. 
uh, there's a, there's a chemistry there too. But I, I think that's part of the reliability that Burrow likes and, and why he's developed a little bit of comfort with P Ryan. And I think P Ryan, you know, he runs pretty well. He's, he's not a receiver like Evans, but he runs pretty well. He's thicker in blitz pickup and, uh, you might need both of those things, um, come Saturday. That's for sure. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Move on. Let's go to uh, Steve R. Steve R., what's up? Steve, are you with me? No. Is this going to be one of those things where then, like, everyone shows up on the stage at once again, Jay? It might be because I'm not seeing them on the stage. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not good. It seems like this this will happen every once in a while. We're going to keep trying. Hang tight with me. Jay, we're going to work. We're going to keep working through this here. We do have the chat open. So while we try to work this, if you've got a question you want to drop into the chat, we can try to talk through a topic there. Jay, you seen anything over in the chat section? Yeah, some uh, some kids or some kids. There, there, there's someone talking about a three year old son on there. But yeah, people uh, <laughs> saying they're nervous about Zach getting tight in the playoff game. And uh, Stephen says he's concerned about the weather Saturday. He doesn't want rain mucking it all up. Um, the weather's what? an interesting factor. I'm actually yes. really curious to to break into this because Vegas. I, I ha, I've been meaning all morning. I haven't done it. You know, what is the coldest games that they've played this year? I mean, they play mm-hmm. inside. They play in Vegas. Their division, you've got Denver, you got Kansas City. I mean, it's not like they don't play in games that can be cold weather. It could be snow, whatever. But I, I haven't really gone back and looked at their actual slate of what the weather has been like. Have they played poorly in cold weather? And we haven't, you know, the Chiefs game was the closest thing we've really seen this team play to cold weather. I guess Denver, uh, but it was kind of unseasonably nice for Denver um, when, when, when they were up there. So, you know, I, they seem to play pretty good when it was, when it was chilly against the chiefs. So I think you're probably hanging your hat on that and they're out there practicing on every day. Yeah. They're they're The, the Raiders most recent game road game was in Indy. So obviously controlled environment there. Uh, they did play in Cleveland in December. So, We'll go back and look and see. That was a 40-degree day as I look at it. So, they, yeah, they may not – not just rain, but cold weather in general. And it would be interesting to see not just what the Raiders have done, but what, what Derek Carr. Because that's, that's what it affects most is is the quarterbacks. And I we kind of know it's going to be right around freezing. The, the big question will be, will it look like Cleveland looked yesterday? It was – the wind was – 
howling at times there. And if there's one thing, quarterbacks, they can deal with rain. They can deal with snow. They can deal with cold. They hate playing in wind. That'll be the the one thing to really kind of keep an eye on. It's not like Paul Brown Stadium gets super windy, but we have seen a game that was that way, and it, it pretty much cost them the game because it blew Evan McPherson's game-winning field goal wide. Um, so I do I, – I think any time you're talking playoffs, you're always interested in what the weather is going to look like and how the teams deal with it. Uh, at Cleveland on December 20th, they scored 16 points, only 16 even though they won, 16-14. Uh, at Kansas City, they only scored nine in a 48-9 loss. Uh, other outdoor, even just outdoor at the Giants back in early November, they only scored 16 in a loss, and then you're back all the way into October where you're not really even talking about major weather issues. So not a lot of, uh, you know, their win streak here has come indoors in L.A., uh, at indoors at Indy, um, or indoor, the last game against L.A. was at home, but at Indy, um, you know, you had Denver and Denver and Cleveland, but the Denver game was a home game too. So, you know, they're not super experienced with the weather. Will that, how big of a factor will that be? I don't know. Let's just go into the chat. What else we got in the chat, Jay? Drop your, people can drop their questions in there. Uh, Joe S wants to know who the ruler of the jungle is going to be. I kind of, I want to know that as well. Uh, because you, you don't want, you, they, they, they kind of schedule these and you don't want to hold a back a big name in case you don't make the playoffs. And now that they've made the playoffs, it's do they bring back one of the bigger names that they've already had this year or do they surprise us and go with somebody? I, 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 I think it's still taking a while for the ruler of the jungle to kind of catch on and be this, this thing that they hope it would be. But I do think it's picking up steam. And I, and I think just the, the the question lingering each week who it's going to be is is really starting to draw some interest and no bigger interest in who that that person that's going to grab the staff and lead the who they is going to be for a playoff game jungle aren't they they're undefeated with an offensive lineman right yeah four and oh i believe at this point uh, whatever it is i know it i know that they're undefeated with a former offensive lineman uh so you gotta feel they're dipping into the former offensive lineman bag uh, if they're if they're gonna try to keep that. Which only means what? Russ Russell Bodine, right? I mean, <laughs> gotta be. Bring back Bodine. What about Clint Bowling? Bring, bring him back. back. I think we absolutely. You definitely have a better chance of bringing back Clint Bowling than, than Russell Bodine. I will I will give you that much. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep digging through the chat here. Um, Richie Bram. Richie Bram, Richie Bram is a good be one. A bad one. I, I would be pro Richie Bram coming back. Um, saw another uh, question about Riley Reef. That kind of, that news kind of came out again. Zach said it like five different times in different ways, but this one was the most definitive. Riley Reef is not coming back. He's Riley Reef is not walking through that door. Unfortunately, at any point in the postseason, I think it's over. Um, Max Montoya is an interesting recommendation for Ruler of the Jungle, Dan. Uh, because he obviously has a history. He was on the Raiders team uh, that beat mm-hmm. the Bengals on the Raiders side, and that was a big controversy over him leaving, and it was a big re- redemption game for him. I Actually, there's a podcast I did with him, I think, last year. I'm trying to remember exactly when I did where we talked to him for something else, and uh, I think it was when we did a thing on when we actually rewatched the playoff. Yeah. The last playoff win, which is uh, if you ever want to go back, those episodes are still fresh, still relevant. 
Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't, I, that would be a scary one if you saw Max Montoya coming through that door. I like Ryan M's suggestion for lap. I mean, it was really cool yesterday in Cleveland, the, the Doug Deacon thing that they had there in the middle of the game where he, they, they renamed the broadcast booth for their longtime player and longtime color analyst. And then after the game was over, it was, like I said, it was nasty weather out there. And there was a throng of people, uh, still celebrating with Doug Deacon on the field, taking pictures. And it was, I mean, it's, it was kind of sad that his career ends with them not making the playoffs, but they did go out with a win. And it was really cool to see. And it, it, it makes you kind of appreciate those guys that have been, been around a team so long like lap has i mean lap is mr bengal and i i think that would be he's a former offensive lineman he fits that mold and i just i i think that would be a great choice um i don't know when we're going to find out but if, if i'm if i'm casting a vote i like that suggestion i think laps the man um i did see a question about it for that you love the marvin lewis story which jay did an awesome job uh, tracking down Marvin to, to talk about stuff and if, asking if we're going to be talking to any other former players or coaches about the drought. I don't know, Jay, are we? Uh, well, we're not going to. We already have. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted from doing so. No, we, that will be out tomorrow morning. Uh, you guys are going to like it. That's all I'll say about that. Um, so let's go into some more questions here. Um Run passer boot from Graydon C. Most total yards on Saturday, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, or Jamar Chase? What do you got, Jay? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think it's going to be T. I, I think the Raiders, I don't know if they're going to be capable of stopping Jamar, but I think it's going to be the whole Bill Belichick mindset where let's take away what the team does best. I think we're, you're going to see a lot of focus on Jamar and, and it's not going to be a case where, where Joe's going to try to force anything that's not there. Um, I, I actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if I could put a fourth prong in there, I think Tyler Boyd could have a sneaky game. He's, he's Mr. Third down the middle of the field is really opened up with the, the attention to chase and Higgins. Um, you could also see them getting a lead. This isn't a great Raiders defense outside of that pass rush and if the Bengals get a lead then they could really ride Joe Mixon and uh instead of the dam breaking like the philosophy was in Vegas the the, the will breaks for the Raiders as, the, as they just pound the ball down their throat if they can get a lead but that is not something that has happened a whole lot this year the Bengals as much as they've won as good as they've been we haven't seen them really build comfortable leads and kind of ride them out yeah, I, I'm kind of with you in that I think that T is going to end up having a big game in just because I really do think the Raiders will be watching that tape of the Chiefs game and just be beside themselves saying, we're going to make you beat us some other way. Let's also not forget, this is that Gus Bradley defense that we've talked a lot about um, that they're familiar with. Maybe we'll get another fake flea flicker. Uh, which would be fantastic. Uh, but you know, there's, they, they play back. They, they, they force you to try to do everything underneath. They're going to throw a lot, a lot of these three deep zones. I mean, it's just kind of this old Seattle style that forces you to be patient and be willing to take short completions. So 
if you're talking about that, you're talking about TV a lot. But I also think that they're just they're also going to have a lot of focus on Jamar, and that could open open things up for T. Higgins. But you know, how many double digit play drives will we see versus the explosiveness? This could be where you start to play more into the Joe Burrow of high completion percentage and be not as concerned about the Joe Burrow of the high yards per attempt and all the explosive plays because the Raiders are, are you know, kind of built to try to take that away. And considering how good the Bengals are at it, you got to feel like they're going to say, we're going to force you to beat us underneath an intermediate. And of course, you know, Joe Burrow's fine. Uh, <laughs> I love underneath an intermediate, which is the, the beauty of kind of his game. But, um, you know, I think that plays to some of the running backs, TV, some underneath guys. But I do think the big plays, I feel like, will come from T. Higgins. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Vontez and Pac-Man are not going to the jungle. I appreciate the thought. I love the idea, but, yeah, that's not happening. No, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's not where we're going. Um, the matchup, uh, Clay W. says the matchup in the trenches you know, is, is what everybody's watching, asking about Spain, uh, and then Adenogy and Prince. I don't think we're going to see a change. Spain is going to be the kind of injury question of the week, uh, that we'll be keeping on and Adenogy too. So we don't really know, have full updates on those guys. Uh, but obviously you're, you're starting to hit a lot of depth on the offensive line, uh, to make sure that those guys stay healthy. So, uh, we'll be tracking those. I, if healthy, you know, identity in Spain are going to be um, where this thing lands. It's just a matter of if they're healthy. But, um, you know, I don't foresee any changes happening up front. I think, uh, unfortunately, this is the team they got. They the, Zach did seem optimistic about Spain, but ankles are – Ankles are kind of like hamstrings where you, you just, they're hard to predict. You, you just have to wait and, and let it play out. But you're right. I mean, Spain is, he's going to be the guy there if he's good to go. And Adenogy came out of that game. You, it, I, I think probably he could have finished if, if it was a game that mattered. But, but in that game with what it was, then it just made sense to, to throw in Fred and, and kind of go in that direction. But yes, that's, I mean, that is, that's where this game is going to land uh, in the trenches, as you say, as most playoff games do. Uh, good question here about, you know, from Brian, how scared are we of Derek Carr and his passing weapons considering our past events is below league average? You know, there, I was very confused by the Raiders offensive game plan in the first game. I, I it, seemed really lost and scared and really didn't let Derek Carr open it up and rip it. And the one time they finally let him open it up and rip it, they moved right down the field. Yeah, and scored. it kind of set it kind of set up that defining drive. And we we never we never really saw them do that outside of really that one time. And I wonder how much they're gonna go back and look at that and see how some teams have been able to take advantage of the Bengals past defense at times this year and say, we got to open this thing up more. We got to turn this into more of a throwing game. And if they do that, you know, maybe more of their game looks like that drive. Cause I, I never 
that game never – I'd have to go back and really do a, a deeper rewatch like we will this week. But, I mean, that game never felt like one to me that the Raiders were being stopped necessarily in the past game. They were just kind of not really challenging. And so I wonder, I wonder how much they'll decide we need to challenge more. And for that fact, because of what it did look like when they finally opened it up, you do wonder if if uh, there should be actual should be reason to be scared of their weapons because they they can rip it they can rip it when they need to but I mean they're not they're not some high scoring attack that you should expect to come in here and put up a bunch of points um, you know they scored thirty five against the Chargers but the Chargers defense is dead last in the league you know they for the most part even during this win streak twenty three seventeen sixteen nine fifteen I mean this is this is not the Chargers coming in here. Yeah, and another another point about the, the Bengals being so low ranked in pass defense is because the run defense has been so good, and, and teams realize that they can't run, and they 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 end up throwing a lot more. And all those rankings are based on his total yards. It's not the DVOA where where it, it's it's more of a nuanced ranking. It's just based on total yards, and I, I think I think the Bengals don't have the twenty six Beth best pass defense in the league but that's just the way the yardage is has piled up and there there have been games where they have had the lead um and and the other team has thrown a lot more and they've just kind of been in protect mode thinking about you know baltimore pittsburgh those games those rare instances when they did jump out to big leads uh let's hear about chris collinsworth he's not calling the game they're doing the uh sunday night game i believe uh so i'm assuming you will get Tariko and i don't know who's with Tariko. i should know that um but i don't i don't know off the top of my head who's with Tariko. but you'll be getting that crew uh with nbc um we'll go ahead and and wrap it up here sorry that the uh oh drew Brees. thank you very much see you guys are here you guys are here to tell me when I'm when I'm faltering. I appreciate it. So Rico <laughs> and Drew Brees. Drew Brees, you know, special connection with Joe Burrow should be actually a pretty good call. They're, they were always good friends from his time in LSU. And uh, so it, it would certainly make sense to have him on that game as a connection. Um, let's wrap it up with this run passer boot that JP just dropped in here. Uh, run passer boot, Trey, two sacks, Mixon, 120 rushing, or CJ with a receiving touchdown. Run passer boot. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, you know, I like the Trey Henderson effect in this game, but I he he had that that crazy long streak, and it was like he was just getting the minimum, the, the half or the one per game. He hasn't had a lot of multi sack games. Um, I, I I think CJ is a sneaky play here because there is going to be so much attention paid to those receivers, and if they get down in the red zone. I, a lot of CJ's bigger plays this year have been outside of the red zone, but, but I could see that being a spot where, where maybe they could utilize him in the shrunken field. Um, I'll, I'll run with CJ. I'll pass on Mixon just because I do think this is the, the game plan is going to be to throw it and then I'll, I'll boot Trey, but that's that's a hard boot. He's been tremendous all year, and he's going to get pressure. He, he, he's going to get pressures, and he's going to get hits. 
just don't know how many he's going to be able to finish and, and get multiple ones against Derek Carr. I'm with you. Uh, I'm actually going to agree on all three of those, which we don't normally agree on. Run no, time, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to I'm going to agree on all three. I I think this does feel like a CJ game. I mean, some of their some of their big wins this year. He's played a major role in what we talked about with all the underneath stuff. Uh, underneath what what Gus Bradley likes to do, I think you could see CJ, uh, especially if they get down to the red zone, get you one. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a, that really is a tough boot to Trey Hendrickson because if they get up. You know, certainly if they were to get up in this game, you, you'd expect him to eat pretty good. Um, but we shall see. You guys, thanks. We will, uh, please keep coming back. We will, we'll try to get the, uh, stage fixed up for you next time and have everything back working, uh, on, on all cylinders next time. But if not, we've got the chat and we can always make that work too, in case there's any issue. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it though. So thanks everybody, uh, for listening. We'll have our regular podcast tomorrow. And then of course the preview podcast. Out on Thursday, we'll be talking to our friends in Vegas to give us a real look at that team and much, much more we've got planned for you this week. Big week, ton of coverage. Just keep an eye out for everything. We'll have it come to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a good one.